Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens at Faith School? <laughs> My spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is something you do learn about. It is something you grow in. The scripture said in Peter, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When we're born again, we're not born again fully developed, mature uh, Christians. We're born spiritual babies, spiritual infants. And if, if we're fed the right thing, we grow. If you feed and exercise in spiritual things you grow and develop. If you don't, then you don't develop. You can have been born again, you know, for 50 years and still be an absolute weak infant spiritually. It depends on what you've been fed. But that's why the scripture says, desire the sincere, the, the pure, the, the unadulterated, unmixed, Word of God, milk of the Word, and you'll grow by that. And then he talks about when, after reason of time, you can begin to have some stronger food, solid food, stronger spiritual food, and that coupled with you acting on it, you'll grow, you'll develop. And the, um, the goal is to become the, a fully developed in a full measure, full stature like the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is uh, where we're headed, be, becoming more and more like Him, thinking like Him, speaking like Him, acting like Him, pleasing the Father, accomplishing the will of God, affecting building the church and kingdom like Him. So said out loud, Father God, I am a part of you. Thank you for helping me to grow up and develop and become like the master and become usable and useful to you and your people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go with me in our great textbook, if you would today, the Bible, to Luke, the uh, 13th chapter, and let's continue in our study of the healing of the uh, woman with the spirit of infirmity. Let's read it again, Luke 13 and 10. It says, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, Jesus was. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Let's just stop right here. It said she was bent over, maybe almost double. Could, you know, well, 
how do you even see like that, you know? And, and how do you do things in life? What if, if she had gotten so miserable with this 10 years into this that she decided she didn't want to live that way anymore and she committed suicide? Well, this account wouldn't be in here, right? Because that would have been 10 years before she met Jesus. Can you see this class? That would have been, you know, or, or eight years, I should say, eight years before she was at this, you know, uh, service, if you will, in this place. Why, why am I saying that? Well, you know why? The enemy is continually trying to wear people down to a point of complete hopelessness to where they despair and he, he's a killer. He's a destroyer. He's a thief. He's wanting to, to steal your future. He's wanting to prevent you from ever finding out what God had for you or what he had planned for you. He wants to inspire you to destroy yourself. And the thing is, you don't have a right to destroy God's property. Is that right, class? I mean, the Bible said you've been bought with a price, right? So glorify God in your spirit and in your body, which are God's. You hear people say, well, you know, maybe they're drinking their self to death or they're you know, taking drugs and stuff and, and just destroying their health and their body or whatever. People say, well, it's, it's my body. Not if you're a Christian. I said, not if you're a Christian. Whose business is it? What I do with my body? Well, I, if you're an unbeliever, of course, you do whatever you want to and you'll be destroyed if you are a Christian. It's not your body. I said, it's not your body. It's been bought. And you better be glad it has been. Why? Because him buying it means he has a right to raise it from the dead. Hallelujah. Also means he has a right to heal it and to keep it if you walk with him and receive from him. And, and the point is, don't quit. Don't give up. I know. I know. I live down here too. I know, especially if you don't go to church, you don't hear the Word of God, you don't read the Bible, you don't pray, you're around a bunch of ungodly stuff, and you're that all the time, it's dark. You will get depressed. It will seem hopeless. And without God, it is hopeless. It is. But you don't have to be without Him. With Him... There's a way. There's a way of escape. There's a way through it. There, there's a way out of it. And he said, I know the thoughts. I know the plans I have for you. Good plans. Somebody say, good plan. Good plans to give you an expected end. But if you quit early, you never find out. You take yourself out. Take it out of God's hands. Give God some time. Just give him some time. Quit listening to the evil one. Quit listening to lies. 
Quit Everything that's, you know, hopeless is from the devil. Everything that's discouraging, that's from the devil. Shut it off. Shut it out and say, no. You can make it another day. That's right. Hallelujah. And, and, and who knows what's on tomorrow. Right? And if you'll, if you'll look to God, it'll be something good on the horizon. Five years, 10 years, 15. What if 17 years and six months, <laughs> this woman had said, I've had it. I'm tired of living like this. I don't want to live like this anymore. And she had cut her wrists. Hmm? Taken some poison. You know. You and I wouldn't be able to shout about, right, how that Jesus said, woman, you're loosed, and in a moment, oh, how quick, how, in a moment, in a moment, she straightens up, and her life is not the same. In a moment, she straightens up. See, the devil's telling her, you know, uh, you'll, never be, you'll never be any better. This can't be fixed. The doctors can't fix it. Nobody knows how to fix it. Yeah, God can fix it. God can fix it if you won't quit. That's right. Say that loud, class. Don't quit. Don't, quit. don't give up. Don't give, up. give God time. Give, give God opportunity. Give God time to do something for you. Give him time and opportunity to show you what changes to make and how to get from where you are to where you need to be. How to receive. And uh, again and again, it hasn't been that we've been waiting on him. We, he'd been waiting on us. And we didn't realize it. But give him some time to help you. <laughs> right? Give him some time to help show you. And get things corrected so that you get to the place where you can receive. And so that you have uh, not a bad witness. But you wind up with a, a good testimony. Because if you give up and quit, it could inspire people around you to give up and quit in the future. Maybe some of your own kids, some of your own kinfolks, a sibling, brother or sister. Because you know, maybe they look up to you, maybe they think you're stronger than they are. And they think, well, if they couldn't do it, no need me trying to. And they give up and quit too. You don't want to be a party to that. I said, you don't want to be anything the enemy could use to discourage somebody else and even push them toward suicide or that kind of thing. I want you to sit out loud in Jesus' name. Every evil spirit that would tempt me to take my own life, I rebuke you. I command you. Stop and leave me. I will live and do the work of God. Hallelujah. 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 I will live. I mean, there's a reason why you're here. Right? Find out why. Right? Don't leave before you find out why. Don't leave before you get to something good the Lord had planned for you. You made it this long. Stick it out another day. Right? You can make it another day. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I think about this sometimes when I was in grade school. 
uh, and you, you, when you're young, and especially preteen and teen years, you've never experienced strong emotions in your life. Uh, love, hate, rejection, whatever. Uh, there's a point where you've never experienced this before, and when you experience it, it's, it's so strong. And you, you can imagine, well, and the devil will come and say, nobody's ever felt this bad. <laughs> and it feels like it, but it's a lie. People have been through far worse, and you're just clueless. You're just a newbie. <laughs> You've never been through all this. And sadly, so sad, there are many young people who've taken their life. And it was, if they could have only seen, just, just go home, have an ice cream, <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> Is that right? Get up in the morning and if they'd have only known, in a few days, it's going to look different to you. And in a few months, you may hardly remember it, right? And in a few years, you laugh about it. But see, at the moment, you thought you couldn't live. Thought you couldn't live. Lies. Do you hear that, friend? Lies. Of, this is how he works. It, it, the Bible said the devil is like a roaring lion who, who goes about seeking whom he may devour. And so... That's how these apex predators operate. They watch for when the prey is tired, weak, preoccupied, and that's when they pounce. Can you see that? And so the enemy, he, he's not going to hit you the hardest when you're strong and feeling good and doing good. He's looking for that time when something really hits you, something really hurts you. And that's when he will come and try to pour it on to get you to go the rest of the way down and all the way under. But you're not ignorant of his devices. I said, you're not ignorant of his devices. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So say it again. Satan, Satan I, resist I resist you and all your cohorts. All your cohorts. Depression, Depression, leave me. Leave me. Confusion, Leave me. Thoughts of death. Leave me. I will live and not die and do the work of God and declare the glory of God and he'll get glory in my life in a good testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we don't quit until that's what we see. We know it's the will of God. So you just hold on. Let God work. And you'll see that that is the case. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, uh, get all of the uh, uh, graphic and uh, music and shows and stuff about death out of your life. You can't feed on that stuff all the time without it influencing you and affecting you. Uh, get rid of all the skulls. You're listening to me? And all, see, people think, you know, these dark things and these goth things and, 
And these, you know, they laugh, ha, 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 you know, I'm going to get me a, a, a hearse and fix it up to drive around in. I'm just going to wear all, you know, dark and I'm going to be dark. And yeah, and you may not be with us too much longer. The devil can talk you into, you know, hurting yourself or other people. This is not something you want to play with. People think it's a joke. But uh, God is the God of life. Death is an enemy. It's not a friend. 1 Corinthians 15 says death is the last enemy that will be put underfoot. So, you know, I like, uh, I like fast cars and, and fast motorcycles, but don't put a skull on my motorcycle. Mm-mm. And a lot of stuff they sell nowadays, you know, they got skulls. And I look, I'm thinking, oh, no, another skull. I like that shirt, but it has a skull on it. I said, what's wrong? I don't want a skull. Okay? I'm about living. <laughs> uh-uh. And all this death stuff, death stuff. Well, who's behind all that? See, the God of this world is pushing these designs. He's pushing, whether it's subtle, whether it's a little bit, or whether it's a lot, he wants to get you thinking about dying, talking about dying, and decay and corruption. It's nasty. I said, it's nasty. You're alive. So live, right? You got skin on your head. Quit talking about a skull. You're supposed to look like this. Not a skull, right? (laughs) Now we're laughing, but you do understand this stuff is rampant. It's everywhere, and there are reasons why. And people, you know, there's dark songs, and there's dark poetry. You know, they made a study in school. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. And you remember one of, one of his famous poems is what, Nevermore. Yeah. Or what, Thus Quoth the Raven, whatever it was. You know? And uh, Thus Quoth the Raven. And the raven was, what was he on the, uh, over the door or something, you know? And he says, Nevermore. Nevermore. What, somebody says, what's going on? Mr. Poe has demons at his house is what's <laughs> going on. And just because he can write it eloquently doesn't make it good. Hmm? Just because it is written well doesn't make it a good thing. It can be evil. No. Uh, the Holy Spirit is saying always. always. Hallelujah. <laughs> always. Always. It's the devil's telling you, not this time and nevermore. Not going to work. Not going to happen. Nevermore. Quit listening to these things in the name of being a literary, in the name of being well-read, in the name of being, you know, well-versed. You need to be less versed. You need to be this versed. You need to be Bible-versed. Yeah, with me? Okay. You need to be God-versed, life-versed. Get life in your mouth, life in your eyes. Singing about living, living victoriously. Talking about living, living uh, abundantly. Talk about it. Think about it. Feed on it. And it'll push that darkness out of you. And you'll quit being depressed. And you won't need drugs. And you won't need this. And you won't need that. And you won't need therapy. Come on, y'all listening or not? You'll be free. I said you'll be free. Isn't that what the Lord told this woman? A spirit had infiltrated her life, a spirit 
had worked its way into her life, and I don't know how this happened, if it happened all at once. I suspect it happened gradually, that she became more and more immobile. A lot of times I've seen that's how these things work, and it's how the enemy works. And people will try to say, well, you know, I, I got no choice in that. That's where you're wrong. When something tries to steal something from you, you need to start resisting it. With everything within you, you say, oh, no, nope, nope. I am not letting this, this disease rob me. I'm not letting it. You don't just embrace it and go, yeah, I'm this now. I'm this type of disease. Do not identify with it. Resist it. Amen. Fight it. Yes. Right? Fight it and resist it. And don't just give place to it because if you give place to it, it's going to get worse. Yes. It's going to get worse. I know uh, years ago, well, this was back in the early 80s, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip down to uh, Guatemala, up in the mountains, Quetzaltenango. And we were going to have an open air meeting there, and we were going to actually build a, a wood frame church while we were there. And so uh, I was there. I, I, had, I had never flown in an airplane up until that time. That was the first commercial, first flight of any kind. I'd ever been on. And it was interesting because I wound up on a, uh, a non-American airline at one point. And uh, on the little uh, uh, tray on the seat back, it had a nail in there instead of a thing. And I looked out the window and fuel was just gushing out of the way. <laughs> I thought, you know, I didn't know what was normal and what wasn't normal. I'd never been on a flight before. But now looking back, I'm thinking, whoa, God was with me and, and all of us. But anyway, we got there, and uh, rural conditions, and they had warned us, don't drink the water, and uh, take some water with you. And, and so I was watching and not, not drinking the water, and, and I got up that morning, though, and, and, and I brushed my teeth. <laughs> you know what's coming next, don't you? <laughs> and, and I used the faucet, you know, and washed my brush out and all that, you know, like I normally did. And then, you know, I'm brushing my teeth with this faucet water. And I thought, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And sure enough, just a day or so later, we, we had a team of us down there. About half the team was sick and was laid up in the bed. They didn't get, we were supposed to get up that next day and go to uh, into the mountains and start work on some of this stuff. And man, they weren't able to get up and go. And boy, I started to get up and go and oh, Something is not right. <laughs> Something is very not right. And uh, the Lord quickened me. If you lay back down, you'll stay there. If you lay back down, you'll... I felt like laying back down and saying, I can't go. What are we talking about? Do you give in? Do you resist? And a lot of times folks don't even realize what's going on. But the, I knew, and, and you just have to be led by the Spirit, but the Spirit of God was prompting me, just letting me know, you, you can get up, you can, you can go by faith, or you can lay back down. You lay back down, you're going to be here. And sure enough, uh, half the crew never got out of bed for the whole week. They got sick. I drugged myself out of bed. You know, making myself swallow instead of throw up. 
and got my clothes on, rode down this ruddy road, <laughs> and bumpy road for two hours, <laughs> got out and started, oh man, I felt bad. But after working for an hour or so, I felt a little better. You know, not good, but a little better. And by noon, I had forgotten that I had symptoms. Hallelujah. I had forgotten and never had a symptom again the entire. Now, I don't take credit for that. God did that for me. But he needed me to cooperate with him. See, I'm acting like he's going to help me. I'm acting like what I'm saying, I'm calling my body healed. And I'm acting like it is to the best of my ability. And so if I had uh, said I can't and just not even tried, which many times people have done without even realizing what they're doing, the, the Spirit of God had quickened to me, if you lay down, you're going to be here. You're going to stay down. Then I would have, without meaning to, been giving place to it and basically saying, okay, come on in. We're going to be here a while. And also, you, you cannot use an uh, infirmity, a weakness, a sickness to get you out of something while being healed of it at the same time. <laughs> huh? See, a lot of times people, are, that's why even young ones, you don't want to encourage them if they say, ooh, I don't feel good. I don't want to go to school today, you know, and there's nothing wrong with them. They need to quit that because sickness is never something you want to use. If you use it, you won't be able to get rid of it. Maybe not in the beginning, but it will work its way into your life to the point where you, you feel like you can't uh, get rid of it. And so uh, something had happened to where this woman had gotten to the point where she was completely bent over, unable. She was, it says she was bound. Bound. This is bondage. Isn't this? This is... And see, you can see why, why the Lord picked something like this too to, out of all the cases. What a picture of bondage this is. It's just like she was tied down, literally tied and rendered unable. And, and, and the Bible said it was a spirit who's involved in this. And when Jesus said she's loosed, something broke. I said something broke. That spirit lost its influence in her life and in her body. We'll talk about this more later. She's free right now, but she's still bent over. <laughs> and then he touches her. Oh, did you read that? He touches her and wow, man, she straightens right up. Woo, glory to God. There is no evil influence, no evil disease no evil work stronger than the anointing of God. It doesn't make any difference how bad it is, how long it's been that way. The anointing can shatter that yoke. Hallelujah. In a moment of time, and you can be free. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe it, I believe it. And our time's up again. <laughs> Sit out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. 
giving glory to God. Come back tomorrow. We'll see more about this here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.